welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hey everyone, it's good to be back with you after a couple weeks off. It's been a busy couple weeks. I was at MicroConf and then Rob and I took the kids on a spring break trip to London. So I know I got the chance to see some of you in person, um, thanks to those of you who came to our London meetup. And as always, it's great to see old friends at MicroConf. I decided to let myself off the hook from recording a podcast last week because if any of you who've traveled with children know that although it's wonderful and really one of my favorite things to do, it is also really demanding and as a parent, you kind of bring all of the tasks of your normal life, like making food and laundry and organizing people and dealing with kid conflicts and hurt feelings and temper tantrums. You bring all of that with you on the road as you're trying to explore a new city and organize public transportation and which tour you're doing on which day and all of those things. So we had a great trip, but... Um, I was not really in the uh, frame of mind to think clearly about uh, a podcast recording. One of the things that Rob and I wrote a lot about in the book, and I talk a lot about in my consulting work, is that one of the challenges of entrepreneurship is the extent to which your identity as a human is intertwined with your business. So entrepreneurship is a job, it's a livelihood, it's a way of making money, but it's also an identity. I recently came across a paper published in the Journal of Business Venturing. I didn't know that was a thing, but it's, it's a peer-reviewed journal and a couple of professors, one from Indiana University, the Kelly School of Business, and one from the Whitman School of Management at Syracuse University. Their names are Dean Shepard and Michael Haney. Anyway, they wrote this article about identity management and entrepreneurship. And it captured my attention because they talk about this interplay between entrepreneurship and distinctiveness. That when someone is an entrepreneur, for the most part, they're stepping off of the well-laid path of you know, success in a traditional business or climbing the ranks in academia. And entrepreneurship, by its nature, is making something new or at least a new version of something old. It's, it's creative. It's iterative. It's the generation of a product or a business that didn't exist before the entrepreneur put it into the world. And for many folks, their business is born from somewhere in the recesses of their brain. It's very much a part of them, their creative imagination, their unique idea, their ability to solve a problem. And therefore, it's, it's highly individualized. It's highly distinct. The state of being an entrepreneur is to be distinctive. And many of us who do this kind of work like that, we like not having to color in the lines. We like being able to have our own perspective brought forth into the world. Many of us love the freedom that that confers. 
And there's nothing inherently psychologically wrong with being distinct, with, you know, dancing to the beat of your own drum. There is some challenge to the psychological well-being of the entrepreneur when that distinctiveness is not counterbalanced with belonging. And I think that's what I what I like about this article that I'm mentioning from Shepard and Haney is their abstract is that the act of entrepreneurship typically confers distinctiveness. However, in satisfying the psychological need to be distinct, entrepreneurs may at the same time foster a psychological deficit in feelings of belonging, leading to diminished psychological well-being. So they go on in their abstract to talk about how they're trying to sort of solve this problem through optimal distinctiveness theory. It gets a little bit theoretically heavy, so I won't necessarily go into it. But how do we as entrepreneurs balance? This is a place where I think the word balance applies. How do we balance the distinctiveness of how we work, what we do, who we are with belonging? At the deepest levels, you know, I think sometimes when I talk with folks about this, we sort of try to solve the problem practically. Like, oh, you work alone or you're a solopreneur or you work from home, you have a distributed team. So you counterbalance that distinctiveness or that aloneness with togetherness. You get a co-working space or you go to a conference, you join a mastermind. And that, that is absolutely sound advice, right? We, we want to create our lives in such a way that we're actually around other humans, But I guess my curiosity is at the deeper psychological level, how do we open ourselves up to more belonging? Because belonging is tricky. Belonging implies reciprocity. Belonging implies caretaking. Belonging implies emotional vulnerability, all the great Brene Brown stuff. And most of us as entrepreneurs are frankly deeply uncomfortable with that because we're super comfortable with our ability to get things done by ourselves. And although that's easiest and most convenient, we often can't get around the fact that as social creatures, belonging is part of our psychological well-being. Distinctiveness is great, but it, it cannot be our primary identifier. So some things that make belonging, I think, tricky for entrepreneurs is that, again, we're used to deciding ourselves. We're used to being somewhat self-contained in the way that we show up in the world. And belonging implies that we, we shift, we listen, we're impacted by someone else. And many of the entrepreneurs that I know are good at finding belonging in their significant relationships, in their marriages. That's sort of the primary place of belonging. But what these authors recommend, uh, Shepard and Haney, to facilitate the balance between belonging and distinctiveness is to be very intentional about cultivating and managing multiple identities. I'll explain what that means in a second, but I like this strategy because it does allow for the entrepreneur to exist as a distinct being. Their recommendation isn't stop being such a unique individual, be more social, be more connected in your relationships. No, they leave it intact and say that the path toward belonging is to have little smaller pockets of the self in which we connect with other people in a different way. So your sense of belonging is your beach volleyball team or your men's group at church or your roller derby night. Your belonging comes from helping at your kid's school. Your belonging comes from Sunday dinner with your family 
your belonging comes from being a digital nomad and swapping travel stories and recommendations for the best Wi-Fi in Bali. When we lean into the parts of ourselves that are not necessarily our entrepreneur self, not necessarily our business self, we can foster our capacity for belonging and connection without unnecessarily undoing the superpower, which is our quirky, unique way of seeing the world and our unique ability to create something, to bring our perspective to fruition, which is, of course, the entrepreneur superpower. It isn't enough to build a great business, to build a successful business. I know that's probably an unpopular statement, but if that's your singular focus and you maintain a a single identity that is all in on a successful business, I'm sure you'll be very successful, but you probably won't be very well. You probably won't experience much life satisfaction. You probably won't experience much psychological well-being. So counterbalancing a singular focus with having some identities outside of your entrepreneurial life is what Shepard and Haney recommend. And of course, what Rob and I have been talking about on the podcast for years. And to be honest, what I'm suggesting is not easy. It takes a lot more work to manage several micro identities, to manage several parts of life that you invest in than it does to have a singular focus. And it is, of course, possible that your business might suffer a little bit. But there's always wisdom in diversifying your holdings. There's always wisdom in having pieces of your nest egg invested in a variety of places. One goes up, the other goes down. So it is with our psychological well-being. When it's crappy in our business, then hopefully we have friends that we can do quiz night with. When things are really rough at home, we're having trouble in our marriage, Hopefully we can experience great satisfaction in the team that we work on or in the business that we're growing. The authors of this paper jump in and try to assess how to manage these micro-identities. They have this discussion about whether you compartmentalize the different parts of yourself or you go towards a more integrated identity management strategy. So compartmentalized is, you know, the parts of your self are pretty separate. Integrated is where, you know, your identity as a parent is enacted when you're involving one of your children in your business or bringing him to a conference that you're hosting. In a compartmentalized model, you know, those buckets wouldn't cross. Your kids wouldn't have much to do with your business. The authors argue that integration and compartmentalization are sort of two ends of a spectrum. And the extent to which you integrate your different identities is really very much up to you and your style. And there are pros and cons of both. For example, sometimes it feels really good to just go to the gym where no one knows that you're an entrepreneur, nobody knows you're in business, nobody knows you're in tech, no one knows you're a psychologist, and people just see you as the crazy person who's working really hard on pull-ups. And that's just your identity there. And you get a break from all the other things. On the other hand, there's something to be said for feeling like you can 
bring all of yourself into each of the contexts in which you are operating. So that's, of course, the example of like overlapping your family and business life or talking with your friends about your business so that they really, they know the ins and outs. They're really informed. They understand the challenges that you face on the day to day. But having friends who don't, having friends who aren't integrated with your business, those are still real friends. Those are still important sources of belonging. And that just is enacting a different micro-identity than your entrepreneurial identity. So without diving too deep into uh, academic theory here, the bottom line is that many entrepreneurs lean towards being pretty distinctive individual folks. That's all well and good, but not sufficient. So we counterbalance that with belonging. And in order to really be good at belonging, most of us need to diversify our identities, the things that we do, the things that make us who we are. We can't have a singular focus on our business alone. So having other parts of ourselves that we give time and attention to, I know you're going to say that you don't have time. I get that. I'm as busy as you are. But finding small spaces for friendship, for exercise, for play, for quiz night, for family, for a hobby, that's got to happen. And we can choose how much the parts of us overlap or how much the parts of us are compartmentalized. What gives us the most ease? What we find ourselves naturally doing. But the bottom line is we can't just be one thing. We can't just have one metric of success. We can't live alone in the halls of our own mind without challenging ourselves, without learning how to be deeply engaged with other people, how to belong to someone else and how to let them belong to us. Because right alongside building your business castle, that's the most important task. So again, the article that got me thinking about all of this is Birds of a Feather Don't Always Flock Together, Identity Management and Entrepreneurship by uh, Dean Shepard and Michael Haney in the Journal of Business Venturing from 2009. So reach out to me if you want to chat more about um, the optimal distinctiveness theory. If you like these kinds of conversations, Rob and I wrote a book all about the psychology of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial mental health. That, of course, is The Entrepreneur's Guide to Keeping Your Shit Together. It's available on Amazon. And if you have had a chance to read the book, we would be so very grateful if you would leave a review on Amazon. That helps, you know, us get attention. <laughs> no, it just helps to validate that the book is helpful and meaningful. So if you found it to be even slightly helpful and meaningful, please take a sec, go to Amazon and leave a review about the book. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.